0: Blob Talk Radio Good morning everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show Saturday, March 12th And uh, thanks for tuning in like you have been each and every Saturday since the uh, onset of baseball season Uh, we come at you here every Saturday morning, uh, talking baseball, talking fantasy baseball, talking baseball in general Uh, just doing something I enjoy to do And uh I want to thank everybody for listening. Whether you've listened live here on Blog Talk Radio over the weekend or anytime on iTunes, uh, you could go there, search for the show, Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show, and tune in anytime right there on iTunes. Follow the show on Twitter at A-Aniano Fantasy. Follow the show or me, I should say. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. And uh, questions, comments, anything you want to talk about, hit me up on Twitter. We'll have some fun there. Facebook page for the show is the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. So you could have uh, questions, comments, all of that, all over social media. So jump in and uh, do appreciate it. Don't forget, you could call us this morning at 347-838-8088, 347-838-8088. Or the chat room is open as well. So jump in there and uh, have a conversation and have some fun. Don't forget, you could check out some of my stuff over at dot draftla.com. And uh, if you follow on our social media, you'll know uh, all my guest appearances on SiriusXM XM Fantasy Sports Radio. So today, as, as we get closer and closer, right, opening night is April 3rd. I believe it's the Mets and the Royals. Uh, Royals will be uh, unveiling their championship banner. Everybody else opens up the next day, Monday, April 4th. So we're, we're about two, three weeks away from, from first pitch, and it's getting close, and, and spring training games are in full bloom. Um, free agents have now signed, right? Pedro Alvarez is now in Baltimore. Um, you know, so guys are going where Dexter Fowler has signed, Austin Jackson has signed, Ian Desmond has signed. Really the last remaining offensive players of, of real name significance are now, are now locked up. And, and it's time to revamp and relook at some of the lineups, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a look at the American League. We've covered the pitching staffs of the American and National League over the last two weeks. Next two weeks, we'll look at the well, the lineups. This week, we start with the A.L. Um, and we'll evaluate some of these players, and we'll look at them from a mixed league standpoint, an auction standpoint, and in some cases, an American League only standpoint. You know, a lot of times we'll say, "Oh, this player really don't, doesn't have much value." But in an AL-only league, which I'm running, a bunch of industry guys and some listeners are in, uh, that draft is coming up at the end of March on a Monday night. It's an auction, actually. You know, 500 at-bats are important. So so a player who normally wouldn't get any mixed-league glove is now worth a few dollars in an AL-only auction because he's at least playing every day. So, so these are things we're going to take a peek at today. And we're going to go by division. We're going to start in the American League East. And we'll start with the Boston Red Sox. And, and a lot of moving parts here. Uh, a lot can change. It's still only March, and very rarely does a team have the same lineup on March 12th that it does on May 12th, June 12th, and August 12th, right? But where we stand now, the big move, Hanley Ramirez now is going to be their first baseman. Pedroia's at second. Bogart's at short. Pablo Sandoval will play third. Love that Red Sox outfield. Young. Young kids everywhere. Rosny Castillo will play left. Jackie Bradley Jr., Jr. in center. Mookie Betts, superstar on the rise in right. Swihart, the catcher. Okay. Looks like Betts will bat leadoff. Pedroia, Bogarts, Ortiz, Hanley, Sandoval. There's your 3, 4, 5, 6. Castillo's could be sneaky play batting seventh. Swihart, Bradley in the nine hole, giving you double speed at 9-1, which I like. So, So, when you look at this lineup... Okay. Uh Ortiz's final season, he's retiring, meaning Hanley Ramirez is a year away from being the full time DH. Uh I'm not worried about Big Poppy. You know? He had a monster second half last season. He's gonna struggle early. Okay. He had sixty five RBIs and a seven oh one slugging percentage after the all star break last year. He'll be fine. He'll be fine, David Ortiz problem with him in the fantasy league is he, he pigeonholes into a DH slot. He doesn't give you any flexibility. Okay? You look behind the plate at Swihart. Uh, I, I can't love him in a mixed league. Uh, I think Ryan Hannigan is there. He's going to get a, uh, some plate appearances. I don't expect much from Swihart. He, to me, is an AL-only catcher. I know catcher's in thin position, but he's an AL-only or a two-catcher league catcher. You know, I have tomorrow night, I have my NFBC draft. Obviously, he's going to go 15 teams, 50 rounds. You need two catchers. Swihart, to me, is a satisfactory second catcher. I'm not going out of my way for him in a mixed league. Hanley Ramirez, remember, folks, the defense doesn't matter. Big contract, he's going to play. Now, the thing with Hanley Ramirez last year was he was mm, terrible. He was terrible. There's no nice way to say it. He got off to a nice start. But but you know you look at Hanley finished the season with 19 home runs and 53 RBIs last year. He's never been a big home run guy. When you look back on his on his history, last time he hit more than 25 home runs was 2008. Folks, that was eight years ago, and he hit 33. Okay, he's only driven 100 RBIs once. That was 2009. In fact, since then he's only hit, driven in 90 runs once. And that was his combined 2012. With the Dodgers, he never hit more than 71 RBIs or 20 home runs. He is what he is. He used to hit for a decent batting average. Okay. In 2013, with the Dodgers, he, in fact, he hit 345. Since then, he's hit 283 and 249. Okay, the, the 300 batting average we haven't seen in two years either. I mean, last year it was abysmal. The on-base percentage was two hundred ninety one, which is extremely low for him. When you look at his career norms, it was three fifty to four hundred. So you used to be able to at least get a decent on-base percentage. I think that improves this year. He's going to play first base. The left field was a disaster last year. I trust him. Now, remember, though, he's, he's probably not shortstop eligible. So that's a hurt. His value used to be in his position. Now he's an outfielder. Uh, there's, there's, there's 50 outfielders who product, who could probably be more productive than Hanley Ramirez. He's a, he's a he's a draftable player in the mixed league. Obviously, he's a third or fourth outfielder in my view, useful, but you're not you're not hedging your bets on Hanley Ramirez like you have in years past. Pedroia, second base, he'll be solid as always, on base percentage guy, clutch, but he's not he's not the MVP he once was. This is an older team with older players, so when you look at Dustin Pedroia. I look at a guy who's going to hit me 280, 290, maybe creep over 300. Okay. Give me a good, a decent decent walk rate. Doesn't strike out much. Good on base percentage guy in an OBP league. My AL only league. It's an OBP league. Different story, 356 last year. Okay. Not much power. Top of the order. Not going to drive in many runs. They're going to give you double-digit homers. 40 or so uh, 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 RBIs. 40, 50. You know, years past, he had 80. Last year, he was injured. So you can expect 80 or 90 runs scored, potentially batting in front of Bogarts, Ortiz, and Hanley Ramirez. If they hit, he could score you some runs as long as he stays on the field. Okay? Now, Xander Bogarts, he had a nice season last year, hit over 300. Again, not much power, but he's a useful shortstop at a super thin position. He's going to play every day. He's going to be in a position to drive in runs as if he's batting in that three slot. He's batting in that three slot. He's got a nice spot to drive in some runs. Mookie Betts, Dustin Pedroia ahead of him. Technically, Jackie Bradley ahead of him after the first inning because Bradley will be batting ninth, so you potentially get that wraparound. Okay, Bullwitz is in a position he could drive in some runs, give you a decent batting average. Sandoval, anybody who's ever heard me talk about Pablo Sandoval? I don't trust him. I never will. He has had a few very nice postseasons which has made a name for himself, but he is not a viable fantasy option. In a mixed league, at third base, he is at the bottom end of things for me. He's more of a corner infielder fantasy-wise, AL-only player at third base. Love the outfield. Mookie Betts is a superstar. He, to me, is worthy of a second-round pick in a standard fantasy draft. AL-only, mixed league, auction. I'm willing to invest in this kid. He was tremendous. I had him in a few spots last year. And and he basically fulfilled everything. And I expect the numbers to get better. Okay, last season, 18 home runs, 77 RBIs. He gave me 21 stolen bases. Hit 291 with a 341 OBP. Okay. Only struck out 12.5% of the time. This is a guy, 92 runs scored. I can comfortably predict... 2020 with 100 runs. Those are phenomenal fantasy numbers. Those are elite fantasy numbers. Be all in on Mookie Betts as your first outfielder. First outfielder ability. Now, Castillo from Cuba. Red Sox spent a lot of money to get him. They're giving him left field, and I think deservedly so. Now, here's a guy who should produce. His track record in in, in Cuba leads you to think he should produce. Now, keep in mind, Chris Young crushes left-handed pitching. He could see some some playing time there, even though they're both right-handed bats. Chris Young is the fourth outfielder there in Boston, so he could steal some playing time. Okay? But Castillo last year, 80 games, had 29 RBIs. Strikes out a bit, 18 over 18.5%, batted 250 on base percentage, needs to improve, doesn't walk. He's got to get a full season of at-bats. Jackie Bradley in, his, in center field, again, maybe more of a mixed league, uh, I'm sorry, an AL only option. Maybe more of an AL only option in Jackie Bradley. Okay. He is going to be a tremendous defensive player. That's where his strength lies. Okay, Making him potentially a better Baseball player than fantasy player. Okay, last season down in AAA, nine home runs, twenty nine RBIs. Doesn't run much, only four stolen bases. He did hit over three hundred. He had a three eighty two OBP, so he could be a nice on base percentage guy. Came up limited, only seventy four games. Now here's what's scary: he struck out twenty seven percent of the time last year in those seventy four games. Okay, two thousand fourteen with in one hundred twenty seven games, he struck out twenty eight percent of the time. In the minor leagues, he strikes out. He strikes out a lot. Do some research on him. He's striking out 20% of the time pretty much at every stop along the way. Potentially a little pop. Give you double-digit home runs. But he's going to kill you with the Ks. AL only, absolutely. Mixed league, different story. Value isn't as great. So I look at this Red Sox team, and I look at a mixed league, standard, say, 12 team. I'm not talking about NFBC like, tomorrow, 50 players, 15. Yeah, all these guys are going to be drafted. Your standard, you, you know, you and your boys, you're drinking beer. you you you, you got a game on in the background. 12 teams, 5x5. Five five. Betts, Pedroia, Bogarts, Ortiz. Those guys are mainstays in a fantasy lineup. Hanley's on your team. Depending where, though, because he's an outfielder, he's not the star he was. Rosny Castillo, you could take a flyer on. A lot of these other guys are AL only players. A lot of these other guys are AL only players. Now you look, you know, you look a little deeper at some maybe potential bench play there. AL only, let's focus in on that a little bit. You got guys like Brock Holt, who are going to steal some at bats, could be valuable in an NFBC. Uh, Brock Holt could be valuable in an AL only league format. Okay, Brock Holt had a nice little season last year for the Red Sox as a jack-of-all-trades type of player. They moved him around. They used him in a variety of roles. And Brock Holt ended up last season with over 500 at-bats. He hit .280, .349 on base percentage. So so there, were use, there was a usefulness to Brock Holt last year. and I, And I could see a similar role there. Okay, Hanley's struggling, uh, 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 Pedroia gets banged up, Sandoval gets banged up, Brock Holt's going to play all over the place. I mentioned the other player for an NL, AL only, Chris Young, their fourth that He's going to steal some at-bats here and there. Crushes left-handed pitching. Okay, he is a daily fantasy game darling when the lefty pitches. So, so keep an eye on him for an AL only, maybe a bench spot. Uh, a fourth or fifth outfielder. He's going to sneak a few at bats every week. As far as their prospects go, Yan Macay is the, their number one guy. He's a second baseman out of Cuba. He's only nineteen. He's not ready this year. Don't go crazy looking there. Don't go crazy looking there. Okay, Travis Shaw, another first baseman. Okay, he, he's he's knocking on the door. The question is. Does Hanley play so bad that Travis Shaw makes an appearance? Realistically, Ortiz retires. Hanley DH is, in my view, and then uh, and then Travis Shaw is there playing first base. Okay, so these are some young guys, guys to monitor. AL only value potentially NFBC value. Okay, maybe fly under the radar on your twelve-team mixed. Okay, but but some potential. Uh, usefulness as the season goes on, depending upon your format. Okay, Shaw. Uh, Shaw. Sure, sure. I mean, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the chat room, and depending on the site. Okay, the Shaw sure start. The Shaw sure start uh, uh, play third base. Yeah, Pablo Sandoval's out. They paid him a lot of money. They paid him a lot of money. Sandoval stinks, but Sandoval's got a big check. I can't imagine that going away. I just can't. I just can't. Okay? I, I, I just can't. As talented as the kid may be, I, I can't imagine Shaw or, or Hanley Ramirez being relegated to a bench role. Not, not not until Ortiz retires does that realistically, in the finances of the game, open up room for, for these young kids who they have. Let's move on in the AL East. Okay, let's take a look at Baltimore. Baltimore, Baltimore I find interesting. I I find them interesting every year. Because they they, they make these little stealth moves. And they did it again. I, I, I know all the warts on Pedro Alvarez. I get it. I know every wart he has. You know, you're not blind to it. Okay? But, but... You saw Houston win last year reliant on a lot of power. Reliant on a lot of power. Now, Baltimore's pitching we know is not great. They have young kids uh who knows if they're ready for prime time. But, you know, here's you know Pedro Alvarez who was floating around there who in his last four seasons has 230 home run seasons, a 27 home run season. And then in 2014, a little less at bats, he had 18. He's driven in over 75 RBIs in each in three of those four seasons. Strikeout rate is atrocious, 30%. There was 25 to 30%. He last season he actually got on base a decent amount at 318. Uh, batting average is 230, 240 tops. But he's a producer of power, and that's one thing this Baltimore lineup has is a ridiculous abundance of power. You got guys who are going to strike out. You don't have guys who are going to walk. You know, Adam Jones, Pedro Alvarez, Chris Davis, Matt Weiders, Mark Trumbo. I mean, there's power all over the place. Potentially, they're all 20 homer guys. Even even the second baseman, Jonathan Shute, he's 20 homers. Manny Machado's the hitter on the team. He's probably far and away uh, uh, the best hitter on the team. Okay. You know, he came up as a shortstop. Whether he slides over there at all for J.J. Hardy. Maybe sneak Alvarez at third. Although Pittsburgh gave up on that and played him at first. So, so... But there's power, and, and there's vibe. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Machado. He, to me, is a first-round 12-team. 12 12-team 12 or larger, first-round pick. Uh, Top-paying top auction-wise. am curious to see how much he goes for in the AL-only auction we have in a few weeks. He's going to go for a bunch. Okay. You've got Adam Jones there. A lot of moving parts in the lineup. Does Jones bat in the middle? Does he slide to the top? He's a bit of a free swinger. But when I look at a twelve team mixed league, I love Machado, Chris Davis, I'm willing to invest in him. I'll 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 if I can make a move for a, a Jose Altuve, I will follow that move with Chris Davis. Because I think it gives me a little bit of balance. Okay? Altuve's gonna hit for a good average, he's gonna get on base, it's not gonna strike out a ton. I'm gonna be happy with what Altuve gives me in that regard, steel bases obviously. And I'll counter that with just the raw power of Chris Davis. Deal with the strikeouts and and, and be very happy with the 40 homers, 100-plus RBIs. Okay? So in a mixed league, you look at those guys, right? Adam Jones, Davis, Machado, they're no-brainers. Love the second baseman in a mixed league. I think he got 20 home run power there. So now the question becomes, what about Alvarez? What about Trumbo? Obviously, there's American League-only value there. You're going to pay a little bit because power plays. Power plays and the at-bats should be there. Okay? Power plays, the at-bats should be there. And, and, you know, that there's something to be said about both of those guys. But, again, there's got to be balance. If you're going to invest in a Trumbo or an Alvarez, obviously later in a draft, later in an auction, you've got to have that that, that balance. Uh, of somebody who's going to produce an on-base percentage, a decent batting average, so forth and so on. Okay, otherwise you're just going to be slaughtered in those type of categories. Okay. So, so this Oriole team though is a great source of power. Uh, power I'm willing to invest in. You so Kim, going to play some in the outfield? Okay. Yeah. The the, the Asian player is always a bit of an unknown. But he's gonna get over five hundred at bats. So maybe he doesn't have much love in the in the mixed league. But again in the AL only, over five hundred at bats plays. Nolan Rymold should probably be in a fourth outfielder role. Henry Uridia. Again, okay. these guys are uh, uh especially now with the signing of Pedro Alvarez, they slide down a little bit on the on the depth chart. They slide down a little bit on the depth chart. Okay. So just be aware of some of these guys. Okay, take a look when you look at the prospects report. Baltimore's top prospects are really the two pitchers, Dylan Bundy, Hunter Harvey. And then you've got the catcher Chance Cisco, who is the eventual replacement for Weeder's Caleb Joseph. Uh a good catcher as well. Weeder's gets hurt, Joseph will be decent again in a two-team format. Sisko's a long-term answer there, though behind the plate. Okay, but don't be invest don't be afraid to invest in some of this in, in some of this uh power here with Baltimore. If you miss the power early, you could get it a little bit late potentially with some of these guys. Okay, Tampa Bay race. This is a this is this is an interesting lineup because there's I think there's moving parts here as well. Okay? You know you've got Forsyth at second. You've got Longoria. They've added Dickerson. He's pretty much going to play every day in the outfield. Kiermaier in center field, tremendous glove. Tampa's going to lean on him. Okay, But where you have some interesting developments is you do have Desmond Jennings in left field, who when he came up, everybody was gaga over him. They thought he was going to be the next big thing. He's been a he's been a disappointment though. There's no denying that. Okay, you also have Steven Souza, who does tease you with the 20 homer, 20 stolen base potential. He teases you with that. You saw it last year. The question becomes though, does he hit enough? You know. Is he going to give you better than a 230 batting average and a 310 on base percentage? But we know the power-speed combination is there. Okay? So, so you've got this combination of four guys there, as well as Logan Morrison and James Loney at a first-base DH mix. They've added Steve Pierce, formerly of the Orioles, who has shown the ability to hit and hit with some pop. You know, it's funny. I look at this Tampa team, and again, the NFBC formats, the fifty-player formats. There's going to be these guys are going to have value. Your standard twelve-team mix, they're not going to get much love. But in the AL-only formats, where you're looking for those at-bats, there's a lot of guys here who are going to get at-bats. Loney, Morrison, Pierce is going to steal at-bats. Okay. Shortstop situation. Beckham, Miller. There's all. There's a lot of moving parts. A lot of guys who could steal at bats here. You know Longoria's going to play. Okay, Dickerson's over from Colorado. He's going to get at bats. Jen- Jennings gets at bats? Kiermaier is a tremendous center fielder. Souza gives you power and speed. So you know there's at bats to be had here. I don't think anything's going to overwhelm you. You're not going to love everything. This is a team we know. We talked about it a few weeks ago. That's built on pitching, and I love their pitching. But offensively, they're going to mix and match. They're going to play matchups. And that is useful in a mix, in an AL only. That's where the usefulness comes in here on Tampa Bay. Okay? Longoria's still got something left. He's probably... Uh, he, he's a starting fantasy third baseman. He's not in that top echelon. The Machados, the Chris Bryants, the Donaldsons. But he's useful. Forsyth can be useful as well. You know, he showed some pop last year. 17 homers. He stole nine bases. Ooh, 81. You tell me double-digit home runs and steal, that's going to add up. If I have enough of those double-digit home run and steal guys... That's going to add up. So don't be afraid there in a mixed league. Okay. All right. Kiermaier, we know. I mentioned him. The defense is what plays. Not much of an impact fantasy-wise. Okay. Last season, though, he did again provide double digits. Gave you 10 home runs for the second year in a row. And a big jump in stolen bases last year. Gave you 18. Hit 263. 298 on-base percentage, however, but the at-bats are going to be there. Okay, AL only, AL only league. Give me double-digit, 10 homers, 10 steals plus steals. I'm I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Invest in the Tampa pitching first, though. Would be my advice. Guys like Archer, Smiley, Rizzi. I like those guys. Those are the guys I like. Now, really, the easiest team in the AL East to take a look at is Toronto. Toronto is the easy, is the, is the team you 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 love from a fantasy perspective, at least offensively. You know, Russell Martin's a starting catcher. Smoke Colabello. Colabello had a nice season last year. Sneaky play very late. <clears throat> he was a daily darling for those who play the daily game okay, Edwin Encarnacion, we know him, You got 30 home runs out of him, second base is going to be interesting, Goins, uh, Devin Travis, Travis got off to a tremendous start last year before he got hurt, so monitor that second base situation as the year goes on, especially as he gets more and more healthy, to listen, will he stay on the field, odds are no, but he'll hit when he's on it, I always say the same thing about the shortstop position, in a standard 12 team league, I only want to roster of one shortstop. I don't look for depth at that position. I don't feel there's enough shortstops to warrant two. I want one guy who I could plug and play. Because of that, Troy Tulowitzki is very rarely on my team. Because if I draft Troy Tulowitzki, I feel the need to grab a second shortstop, who the reality is I will never use unless Tulowitzki gets hurt. Because odds are he's not better than Tulowitzki. So I would rather pass on him, find somebody who's gonna play and has a better track record of staying healthy. Maybe not put up the exact same numbers, but I know is going to be out there on a on a consistent basis. Donaldson, he's a first round pick. Um Jose Bautista's a first round pick. We know Encarnacion as well. Okay. The question's gonna be how do some of the other outfield positions shake out in Toronto? Right now, you've got a center field situation between Kevin Pillar and the young kid Dalton Pompey. They gave center field to Pompey last year to start. That did not last. He's a top prospect in Toronto, but this is a team built to win. He's got to produce. So monitor that center field situation. Okay? Michael Saunders right now is is penciled in to play some left field for them. Okay, he's another player who you hear a lot about. Okay, in 2009, 2010, he was a top prospect. Hasn't put it together yet. He's now 29 years old. Okay. He's been up and down and all around with Seattle. All right. So he's being given an opportunity. And here's a guy who can maybe give you double-digit home runs, double-digit steals, not hit for a high average, but maybe give you a decent on-base percentage. Again, an AL-only option potentially is Michael Saunders. Okay? But but the mixed-league options on this team are all over the place. I mean, you've got a lot of these offensive pieces being moved very early. Russell Martin as a starting catcher. Uh Tulu, Donaldson, Encarnacion, Bautista. Bautista. And speaking of Jose Bautista, and this is just my opinion, you know what, Goose Gossage, do us a favor, be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. You know what? You want to know why kids don't watch this game? It's because players like Goose Gossage are stuck in in the 80s and the 70s and all these unwritten rules of baseball. You watched that game last year when Jose Bautista hit that home run and had the greatest bat flip ever that was a nasty game. I remember sitting on my couch and I'm sitting here in New York, no rooting interest in that game, and I felt the tension, and that home run was it just boom, and it I just remember popping off the couch for that, okay. And and it was just to me. I viewed that bat flip as just a, such a release of emotion and stress and anger. Boom. Stop, Gossage. Stop. Because you know what? You're you're a you're a fugazi tough guy. Because you know what? You called out Ryan Braun. You called out this guy and that guy, but you didn't call out where your paycheck comes in. And Alex Rodriguez, one of the biggest phonies ever walking the baseball field. You didn't. You didn't call him out. Because, God forbid, you piss off the Yankee brass. So just be mindful of that when you listen to somebody who's, who want, who feels the need to defend the game. Okay? You didn't piss off your where, where your uh, legend check is rolling in. So like a lot of other people, you're just all, all bluster. Okay? You're a great pitcher in your day. A Hall of Famer. Absolutely. The game has changed, though. And you know what? Kids today don't watch it. Why don't they watch it? Because of these unwritten rules that you can't show any emotion. You don't show anybody up. I agree with that. You don't embarrass somebody. But you know what? Emotion is part of all sports. It's part of life. Look around this country right now. Emotion's exploding all over the place. Show a little emotion. It's all right. Okay? (laughs) Right. You're right. Reggie fixed his shirt and took a skip every time. Absolutely. Reggie Jackson watched every home run sale from the batter's box. So, but that's just me. That's just me. And lead, he leads me right into my next team here, the New York Yankees. And it's going to be interesting watching people draft the Yankees. It really is. It's going to be in- watching interesting. Brian McCann's a top flight fantasy catcher. I'll tell you one thing though I'll do is in a in a in a two catcher league, I'll put a buck down on Gary Sanchez. I'll throw a dollar on Sanchez to sneak a few at bats in a two catcher league. I'm not a big fan of investing heavy on my second catcher. He's gonna play the day after a night game, spell McCann here and there. I, I I could throw a dollar on Gary Sanchez and walk away with him as my as my catcher too. I will probably in in, uh, my NFBC draft Sunday night, I'll try to grab Sanchez in that very late. Okay, Mark Texera, listen, he rebounded nicely last season. Had Had a terrific power season. Batting average was low, but that's what Texera is. Question with Texera is, does he stay healthy? I have a hard time trusting that. He hasn't done it in three or four years. But again, he's another power guy who you could grab a little bit later, and you ride the power as long as he's on the field. Stalin Castro has had a terrific spring playing second base. He could be sneaky. He could be sneaky, Castro. You know, he's not an old guy. He's still a kid. He's been inconsistent throughout his career. Would be, I think, the best words to describe him. Are inconsistent throughout his career. Go back to 2014 he hit 292 with a 339 on base percentage, showed you 14 home run pops, 65 RBIs. Guys hit double digit home runs every season since 2011. Okay? So 2014, you know, he hit 292, 2011 he hit 307, 2012 he hit 283. Mixed in there, however, was 2013 where he hit 245, and last season where he hit 265. And really what hurt him last year was the 296 on base percentage. But through it all, he still had 69 RBIs and 11 home runs. He got benched for a while. He had his position shifted last year. He didn't walk. He only walked three about 3.5% of the time. Strikeout rates in the high teens. Okay, but he's playing in, in Yankee Stadium, and it's, uh, you know, anybody who knows me knows, uh, you know, knows I'm not a Yankee guy. But the truth is, Castro's walking into a really nice situation. Probably going to bat in the bottom of that lineup. Obviously not the uh, the savior he was, I guess, when he came up with Chicago. I like Castro. If you could get him cheap, you could get him late in the mix, I'd do it. Play him at second base and that's it. I think he'll be all right. I think you could get 280 with double-digit power out of him, which I'll take at that position. Ackley is there. Ref Snyder is there. Obviously, the Yankees don't trust Ref Snyder. They would have never traded for Castro. And Ackley is what Ackley is. He's become a a, a utility man, a guy who can play all over the field. So Castro's job is safe. Gregorius is at shortstop. He's going to be their shortstop, a good defensive player. The Yankees like him. I don't like him for my mixed league. I, I'll take few bucks in a AL only, though, because he's going to play every day. But when you look at the wrap-up of his season last, season last year, gave you nine homers, over 50 RBIs, batted 265 at 318 on base percentage, useful numbers, over all, played 155 games, tells you how much the Yankees liked him. They ran him out there every day. Derek who? Third base, Chase Headley. He was a disappointment. Okay. Ref Snyder's been taking ground balls there. Sanchez's been taking ground balls there. Not a headley guy. He had that one magical season in San Diego. He's an AL only option. Outfield. Now, here's where it could be interesting if you ask me. You got Gardner. You got Ellsbury. You got Beltran. They made the trade for Hicks. Hicks is a pretty good player. He's a nice fourth outfielder. He's going to give you value, I think, in an American League only. Okay, Garner was terrible in the second half after getting off to a hot start. Ellsbury, you hope he stays healthy. He's talented. They overpaid for him. We know that. And Beltran is Beltran. He's not going to play the day after a night game, things like that. His knees are as bad as mine. Hicks is going to give you plenty of at-bats, I think. I think Hicks is going to see 300 or so at-bats could be useful, AL-only, NFBC type of format. So be aware of Hicks. Keep an eye on him. The at-bats are going to come for him there. A-Rod is the DH. Uh, uh, Beltran could steal a few at-bats in that position as well, but but A-Rod can't play the field anymore. A-Rod's going to hit you 20-something home runs. He's like David Ortiz. He's not going away just yet. But Hicks is useful. The Injury to Bird, and keep an eye on the kid judge. Keep an eye on Aaron Judge. The guy's a monster. He's crushing balls in the spring. The Yankees, are in, they love his power. You should. Probably already owned in your dynasty format. But he's somebody else where I have uh, on tomorrow night's uh, draft, I have 27 bench spots. Aaron Judge is somebody I want because I can't trust Beltran to stay healthy. I think if it's a little nick up here or there, you're going to see Hicks. But if something happens to one of those outfielders where they're out for a prolonged period of time and Judge is hitting, Judge could get the call. Similar to what happened last year with Greg Bird at first base. He got the call when Texera's injury was, long, was long-term. was long That's when you could see Judge. And I think if you see Judge, that's going to be it. You're going to see Judge. He's not doing the, the up-and-down routine. Because in that stadium, that power is going to play going to play. So be in on judge. Be in on judge on any type of long-term leagues or super, super deep league formats. Okay? Slide over to the AL Central and take a look at the Indians. Um, You know, I love Cleveland's pitching. We've talked of that. This lineup could be shaky, though. You know, you're, you're trusting Mike Napoli To rebound that first base. You're putting Chisholm Hall. In the outfield now. You're hoping Jan Gomes. Rebounds behind the plate. To the season he had two years ago. Kipnis is useful at second. Everybody loves Lindor. At short. They've handed third base to Juan Uribe. Who was on the verge of retiring. After his run with the Mets last year. But he's going to play third base. They've got some other young kids there. Okay. Brantley is the key. He's injured right now. They're hoping he's back sometime in in, uh, in April. He's backed up. You got Raja Davis, Will Venable. Could give you a little bit of speed. Davis will probably be the, the go-to center fielder right now. After Almonte, their projected starter, was suspended. So so offensively, this is a mess, right? Abraham Almonte was supposed to be the sen- uh, center fielder, suspended for 80 games. Roger Davis is going to play there. Could give you some steals early on in the season. They don't have Brantley. They're playing Chisinau and Wright. Okay, Carlos Santana is their DH. He's been a good hitter, but he's never lived up to the power, hopes, and dreams that people had for him. I think he hit, what, 19 last season. So he's not the masher you hoped Brantley's probably their best hitter. You wait for him to come back patiently. Maybe you get Brantley, though, a little cheaper than normal because of the shoulder. Shoulder injuries are scary. Okay? So maybe you get Brantley back a little bit cheaper. I like him. He could give you that 15 to 20 homers, 20-plus steals. You know, you look at his season in 2014, it was tremendous. Tremendous. It was a fantasy dream. 327 with 20 home runs, 97 RBIs, 23 steals. That's a, You give me 2020, you give me three or four 2020 guys, I'm winning a league. 385 OBP. And this was, no. The, the speed has been there, right? He's been double-digit steals since 2010. Power's starting to blossom. Last season, he did give you 15-15 with 84 RBI's and a 3.10 batting average, again a 3.79 OBP. So get him back. Get him back. You're going to plug him right in that lineup. He's just too talented not to. Okay? So so you know, he's going to be there. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking in the chat room. Tyler Naquin, Cleveland, center fielder, looks good right now out in Arizona. We've seen plenty of guys look good in Arizona as well over the spring. You're not hitting, you're not hitting, uh, you know, number one starters right now. Just be aware. But the the, the suspension of Almonte kind of hurts them in center field there kind of hurts them in center field. But the fact that Napoli is potentially your cleanup hitter, that's a scary situation as well. I don't know how much you could trust that to rebound. Again, their pitching is, is, I think, out of this world. Offensively, there's not much to love. I like Lindor. He's a starting fantasy shortstop. Okay. Lindor had a terrific season. My only concern with Lindor is you've never seen it before, even coming up through the minors. Last season, he hit 12 homers, 51 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, batted 313 with a 353 OBP. I'm sitting here looking at minor league stats. Before that, his high in home runs was a combined 11 in 2014 between two stops, double A AA and triple A. I'm not counting rookie ball he did run in double a that year with 25 steals he has 20 steal potential he's done that at numerous stops through the minor leagues okay at the high minors double a AA and triple a his batting average topped at 278 over a, over a long period of time so he's never been he's been a good average guy and just not a 300 guy do not project 12 home runs in 438 plate appearances to a 20 home run season that was my point those 12 home runs might be it, maybe a trickle here or there more 13, 14. If I'm looking at Lindor, I'm looking at the speed primarily. Whatever if he gives me double digit power, I'm thrilled. He's not Correa, is what I'm saying. He's not Carlos Correa in terms of the power. But at a shortstop position that's you know, I'll take I'll pass on Tulewiczki and grab Lindor. Because Lindor I know is out there. Lindor is out there. I'm not, I'm not I'm not as what younger kid, body's healthier. Lindor is out there. I don't know what I don't know what Tulowitzki's gonna be doing. A lot of AL only guys here though in the American League. You know, mixed league, Lindor, Kipnis, Carlos Santana. Jan Gomes. Yeah. You wanna tell me you want to go with him as your catcher? Okay. You hope for the rebound, get a little pop out of him. And now I'm looking at a lot, a lot of AL-only type of players in the American League uh, for the Cleveland Indians. You know, Venable, Roger Davis could steal at bats. Okay, players like that. Okay, these are guys who can uh, help you out in an AL-only format. Kansas City Royals, World Series champions. One of my favorite teams, and I say that even though they beat my favorite team. Um, It's a team that knows what it is. They're high-average guys, make great contact, play the game the right way. Sal Perez, Eric Hosmer, mixed league guys, you're happy with them. Hosmer, Hosmer, if I could get him as a corner infield, I like him more than a first baseman. I think Alcides Escobar is underrated at the shortstop position. He's another guy who's going to play every day. He's going to give you over 600 at-bats. Okay. Had a tremendous postseason. But, you know, by the time this season, this is a guy who's given you uh, over 15 stolen bases every year since 2011. As high as 35 in 2012. Last season down to 17. Doesn't strike out much. Only 11% of the time last year. Hit 257. No power. We know that. But he's going to score you runs. He's going to steal you some bases. And he's had over 550 plate appearances every year since 2010. He's going to be out there every day. Hey, hey you want to you want to uh, wait on shortstop in a mixed league draft? You could do worse than I'll say. He's Escobar, American League only draft. He's valuable. Moustakas had a nice season last year at third base. Okay. The only player on this team who's going to struggle, I think, is Infante. They brought in Zobris last year. Zobris is gone. they got to give second base back to him, it looks like. Christian Colon is a backup there. Then they have the kid, Mondesi. Raul Mondesi is there. At what point does he break through? I would think it's got to be sooner rather than later. You saw him come up. right? But he was the kid who made his Major League debut in the World Series. So obviously Kansas City does think highly of him and he'll find his way into some playing time potentially this year. He is their number one prospect middle infielder. So he could he could uh again be be a sneaky play as the as the season goes on. Alex Gordon, Lorenzo Cain, no problems with them. Right field, I got to be honest, the injury to Jared Dyson bothers me a little bit with the oblique. He's going to be out Orlando's going to be playing right field. But I wanted Dyson in mixed leagues this year. I really did. I wanted Dyson. I thought he could have been a sneaky source of stolen bases. Okay, even when he wasn't playing, when they had other guys playing in right field, Dyson was still providing you terrific speed. You know, last season he had twenty six. Two years before that, he had 30 stolen bases. And this is a guy who's only playing half the game. Half the games of the season. 87 games, 120, 90 games played. And he's got 25 steals in each game, in each season. Doesn't hit for much, 250, 260. But, and I go crazy over this. You're going to invest in Billy Hamilton and say he's going to give me 80 steals. I'll live with his 220 batting average. Well, why not take Jared Dyson's 250, 260 batting average and maybe get 50 steals? So that's why the oblique injury on Dyson bothers me. Still look at him later in the draft. Okay, I like him for that role. And he is. He's going to be a one-trick pony there. I get that. But if he hits enough, Kansas City's going to go with him. Give you an on-base percentage, hopefully over 300. Okay. I could go with that. Kendry Morales at DH. Kendrick Morales, you know, it's funny. I sat down. I was looking at numbers, looking at things before the show and all of that. I, I feel like Kennedy's Morales has been around for like 50 years. I expected to see 37, 38 years old. Guy's going to be 33 during the season. You know, he suffered that terrible broken ankle a few years back. I believe it was 2010. And it took him some time to come back. 2012, he had 20 plus, 20 plus homers. Same thing in 2013. Okay. 2014 was a lost season. He really didn't put up numbers. Well, last season, he rebounds for Kansas City. Gives you 22 homers, 106 RBIs. But he even a 290 batting average, a 362 OBP. Strikes out 16% of the time. Walks 9% of the time. Kenny Morales is a very good hitter. Very good hitter. 32 years old. Body gets rested because he's really just de-aging there. Hosmer's going to play first base. He's too good defensively. Not to going to in the middle of this Royals lineup, okay, with guys like uh, uh, Lorenzo Cain and Hosmer around them, Alex Gordon around them, the speed, whether it's Escobar and, and Dyson or Orlando at the ends of that lineup running around like crazy, listen, you saw what this Royal lineup can do. They run like crazy, they create opportunity, and Morales is in the middle of that as their bopper. To drive in those runs, you gotta love that gotta love that. I'm a big Hosmer fan, okay. I know the numbers fantasy wise aren't gonna be the forty home runs of Chris Davis or the three thirty batting average potentially of a Miguel Cabrera, but Hosmer plays and he plays the game well. He's a useful fantasy player he's gonna it's gonna be interesting and once I sit down and start doing my drafts. Where he starts going. Does he get overvalued a little bit because of the Royals World Series run? Or does he stay, I think, undervalued because he's not the bopper that people want out of the corner infield? Okay. Kansas City's a good team again. Good team again. May have taken a little bit of hit pitching wise, but they're still a good team. Detroit Tigers. They've added McCann behind the plate. Two-catcher two, t- two catcher option, AL only option. We know Miggy Cabrera. We know Ian Kinsler. Okay, no no major concerns there. Jose Iglesias at shortstop. He very quietly hit the three hundred last year. Okay, he's another guy. He's going to get plenty of at-bats. He's going to kind of play every day. Okay. You know, last season... 11 steals, a 300 batting average, a 347 OVP. Doesn't strike out 9.7% of the time. Okay. In 2013, 2014, he was injured. In 2013, between two teams, he hit 303 with a 349 batting average. So, nice contact rate. Puts the ball in play, gets on base. No, Not much power to speak of. Speed is debatable. He's not going to kill you in that batting average category, the on base pa- uh, category. Things like that. Castellanos, you know, I've read some places that this is the year Castellanos finally busts out. He had power coming through the minor leagues. Hasn't really translated yet to me right now. He's still an AL only option. Okay. You know, he hit pretty much at every stop in the minor leagues. Just hasn't translated to the big leagues yet. Okay, you know, there's a guy in 2013 hit 18 homers, batted two seventy six in Detroit's AAA. <clears throat> Excuse me. Since then, now he's come up. <clears throat> he hasn't driven in 75 RBIs yet. Last season, 15 home runs was his high. He's batted in the two fifties, Striking out on about 25 percent of the time. Not going to see much mixed-league love, mixed league love for him. Again, probably an AL only. But there is talent there to put together. And he's in a lineup where he's safe. He's in a nice, cozy, warm place. When you consider Kinsler, Upton, Cabrera, Victor Martinez, J.D. Martinez, all ahead of him. We know the outfield. We like the outfield. Justin Upton, J.D. Martinez... Big injury to Cameron Mabin, the broken wrist. He's going to be out a while. He was supposed to be the center fielder. Anthony Ghost is going to be there now. He could be a sneaky player in the AL only, steal you some bases. He's going to get at bats until Mabin comes back. Mabin comes back, he'll probably take over center field. J.D. Martinez is a stud, folks. Get on board with him. Upton, you know, people ask me all the time, they say, Anthony, you don't love Justin Upton. I shouldn't say I don't love Justin Upton. The truth is, Justin Upton, though, never lived up to the monster, monster hype that was unfortunately bestowed upon him when he came up. And because he's never lived up to that monster hype, like my argument has always been for Upton, up until 2014, he's never driven in 100 runs. In fact, he had never driven in 90. And I still say this, Justin Upton has only driven in 90 runs once in his career. 2014, he drove in 102. Since then he's only his high has been eighty-eight. He's not a thirty home run hitter. He's only done that once, twenty eleven. Justin Upton is what he is. He's twenty five to thirty home runs, and that's nothing to sneeze at. He's eighty to ninety RBIs. Again, nothing to sneeze at. He's a two hundred seventy hitter. But when he came up, people were drafting him as early as the late first into the second round, expecting, you know, super superstar. And that's not who he is. He's a very good ball player. He's a useful fantasy outfielder. Okay? But he's not he's not gonna be Mike Trout. He's not gonna be Bryce Harper. He's not gonna be uh uh that centerpiece of your fantasy team. Okay? He's not gonna give you Nelson Cruz power numbers. Not gonna give you Jose Bautista power numbers. He's just not. uh, J.D. Martinez is going to give you better power numbers than Justin Upton. Now, the question about Upton is, does he run again? He ran in Arizona. He did not run in Atlanta. Last season, he ran again in San Diego. Will Detroit let him run? Because if they let him run, they let him run, and now he goes back to being 15 stolen bases, 20 stolen bases, to go with that 25-home run power. He takes a nice uptick in my eyes again. Still so strikes out about 25% of the time, which we don't love. But that's the way the game is. Now got to just kind of accept it and move on. Okay? But J.D. Martinez, to me, is a better power play than, than Justin Upton. When you look at what Martinez has done, and, you know, Houston Astros have done a lot of things Right? Justin Upton, uh, uh, JD Martinez, was one thing they've done wrong. Okay, came on in 2014 with Detroit, 23 homers, 76 RBIs, and 123 games, right? Every, 315 batting average, 358 OVP. Everybody regression, 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 regression. You know what? When you're a good hitter, you don't regress. And that's what JD Martinez is. Last season, he comes along, plays every day, drives in 102 banks thirty eight home runs, scores ninety three runs, two eighty two batting average at three forty four OVP. Strikeout rate is high, but you know what? You give me thirty eight and, and a hundred and a three forty i V P I'll deal with the twenty eight percent strikeout rate. That's a that's an elite power hitter, folks. Guy's got sixty one home runs over the last two seasons. What more does he need to show you? Nah, it doesn't have to show me anything. JD Martinez is an outfielder I can build my fantasy team around. Somebody I will certainly invest in in an AL only, but he's a centerpiece on a fantasy team. He's a centerpiece. He, Miguel Cabrera, you got centerpieces here. You know, Miggy's not dead yet by any way, shape, or form. Don't think you are. Okay. What did the guy hit, 330 last year, 340? Power numbers took a little bit of a dip. We know that. 338, 440 OBP. His walk rate and strikeout rate were almost equal. 15% walk rate, 16% strikeout rate. Go on Fangrass, folks. You're not going to see that that often. Power is not what it was. 2012, 2013 with the 44 home runs. Okay, But he's still a 25 guy, 30 home run guy. 100 RBIs, last season he was banged up only 119 games 32 years old I am not worried about Miguel Cabrera I will very happily take him if he's there for me uh, depending on my draft spot in the A lineup, very happily take Mickey Cabrera Victor Martinez will DH what does he have left in the tank, we will find out but again, he's a pigeonhole DH, which you don't love, you want some flexibility there for your fantasy lineup Minnesota Twins, Brian Dozier. We like him at second base. That's a no-brainer. Joe Mauer, to me, doesn't really have any fantasy relevance. Maybe AL only because he's going to get at bats, but that's about it. He's not the hitter he was. He's never recovered. It, really, it goes back to a concussion he suffered a few years back. Pyung Ho Park should be interesting with this guy. We know he's hit fifty-plus home runs in the Korean League. Does it translate? I can't count on 50, I'm not even going to count on 30, but I think there's 20 home run potential there. Trevor Plouffe is a sneaky player at third base, he can hit, he can hit. Eddie Rosario in the outfield, Byron Buxton, Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano is going to hit 30 home runs. The question with Miguel Sano, and I've talked about him on past shows, is does he hit 260 or does he hit 220? Okay. Rosario, last season, he's going to be play left field. Last season, he gave you the double-double. 13 homers, 11 steals, 50 RBIs. Doesn't walk, strikes out too much. On-base percentage, not good, 289. AL only, though, looks like he's going to be the left fielder. Like I said, he's going to get at-bats. And he's going to give you 10-10. 10-10, and and which a wise man who just did his labor draft was very excited. He had about seven or eight guys who could give him ten steals, and that, like he says, adds up. Byron Buxton in center field. I am torn on Buxton. I have the potential to keep Buxton in one league. It's not a long-term keeper format. You get to keep him, I don't know, two years or something like that. So I'm torn right now. I got about another week to decide on whether I keep Buxton – With another two, only for two more years. Right, We all know he's been the number one prospect in baseball for a while. His speed will play. Okay? Last season, he did not look good in the bigs. But that happens. Mike Trout got a cup of coffee uh, one year, and he didn't look good. Somebody's going to take Buxton, the flyer on him. I get it. Just don't invest heavily. Don't. If you miss him this year, okay, you miss him. AL only, he's gonna play, so you want him, and he's probably gonna steal you 20 bases. Question is, is he gonna hit enough? Is he is he there? You know, I mean, he's still young; he's 22 years old. So Minnesota's gonna give him the year, and they're gonna, you know, they they know what they've got. Question will become: Will he? Will it be this year, or will he take another year or two to really blossom? I do think he eventually he will. Okay, he'll play center field. Okay, I'm just—I'm not sold on him in a mix. Somebody said, "Well, Anthony, what should I do?" I would say, "Don't invest heavily. Get him late on the cheap. Go for it. I'm fine with that. Don't invest heavily. I'd rather Sano because I kind of know what I'm getting from Sano. I know I'm getting raw, raw, raw power." Okay. He's gonna play, they're gonna get his lineup his bat in the lineup somewhere, somehow. You know, last season he did he strike- he did hit two sixty nine. Okay. He did strike out though thirty five point five percent of the time. My god. And his bat pip is just you know, it was three ninety six. That's not repeatable. It's not repeatable. So I look at Sano and I say, what am I going to get? I'm going to get 25 to 30 home runs. And I hope for 250. I hope for 250. I hope he's not Adam Dunn. And I know he's going to strike out a ton. In a points league, and anybody who knows me, I hate points league. I have less use for him in points league. Especially if you're getting banged every time he Ks and you're losing points. So so that that hurts him a little bit. That hurts him a little bit. Okay? But... Overall, I look at that team. I like Dozier. I like Sano. I like Plow for third base. Park could be a sneaky uh, option as a DH. Okay. Buxton be smart. A lot of AL only options there, though, as well. A lot of AL only options there as well. Okay. Chicago White Sox. White Sox have made some moves. And there's some players on this team that I like that I think could be sneaky. Right. We know Jose Abreu. First baseman, top-tier first baseman, great power. We get that. We like that. Okay. I like the addition of Frazier at third base. I like this lineup. I like Adam Eaton at the top, Brett Lowry, Abreu, Frazier. I, I, I like the top end of this lineup. Jimmy Rollins has a good as the, as the short-term option at shortstop. Tim Anderson, their top prospect, I talked about him on the, my other show, the Rotoball show, he's going to be coming. Rollins is the perfect stopgap, like he was in L.A. last year for Corey Seager, although he didn't play great. But but Rollins has looked good there. And there's players I like here, obviously I like Ibrahim. I like Brett Lowry at second base. You know, he's never become, he's another one people thought he'd be the superstar, and it never developed. But he's still only 26 years old. And he's been around the block now. The Blue Jays uh, uh, moved him for Donaldson. I mean, you talk about a terrific. But last season in Oakland, 260 with 16 homers and 60 RBIs. Okay? He's playing in a better ballpark in Chicago. He's bat- going to probably be batting two, which means Eaton's ahead of him. With Abreu and Frazier protecting him behind, you're looking at a potential fifteen to twenty home run second baseman. Frazier, I know, cooled off last year in the second half. I am not worried. He's a terrific hitter, Todd Frazier. Nice power. He's proven it now over a couple of seasons. Todd Frazier to me is a, a more than acceptable number one third baseman. It's gonna cost you a few bucks in an AL only, uh, because he's one of the top third basemen then in the American league. Okay. Last season, 35 home runs. Before that, he had 29. He's close to 80 to 90 RBIs. He gives you a decent batting average, 250, 260. Okay. I like Frazier. He'll be fine at third base for the White Sox. He has a second bopper there. In the outfield, Eaton is the guy to own from this team. I, I like him as a leadoff hitter for this team. Okay. You've got Austin Jackson, who they've brought in as well. Okay, you've got Melky Cabrera there, you got Abascal Garcia there, you got four outfielders who are going to be stealing at bats from each other. I think Eaton's the most secure. Okay, Eaton last season he scored ninety eight runs, played in one hundred fifty three games, gave you double digit power steal combination, fourteen homers, eighteen stolen bases. The ninety eight runs scored is tremendous. A three sixty one OBP, a two eighty seven batting average. Now he struggled early, and I know this because I had him. And I started losing faith. But then he got it going. Give me 100 runs scored with uh, 10 plus homer steal. It's a nice outfielder to have. It's a, can I say AJ Pollock like? And Adam Eaton? Now, like we said, we got Melky there. They just brought in Austin Jackson. And they got Abyssal Garcia. So there's moving parts here with the White Sox in the outfield making for some interesting AL only players. You're going to get four outfielders getting at bats. Adam Laroche is back to DH he struggled mightily. Standard 12 team he'll probably go undrafted. Deeper leagues AL only league Laroche will get some play. Laroche will get some play. Avila is going to be behind the plate, probably platooning with Deanna Navarro again. If you're like me and you don't want to invest heavily behind the plate, these are guys in an auction maybe you could get for a couple of bucks and not have to worry, and, and allowing you to save your money elsewhere. Allowing you to save your money elsewhere. American League West, as we're slowly running out of time, we'll get through them in the next 10, 15 minutes. The Angels. I look at this Angel team and I think they're a mess. They're a mess. You think Mike Trout looks around and goes, I'm out here on an island, boys. I have Pujols. I know. He hit 40 home runs last year. Those feet are bad, though. Don't invest in Albert Pujols like you invested in Albert Pujols when he was with the St. Louis Cardinals. He should be DHing more this year. C.J. Krohn will play first base. Now, Krohn... ...is somebody I find intriguing. CJ Crone is somebody who's interesting to me... ...because he does... ...possess some power... ...that could sneak up on you. Over the last two seasons... ...2014 and 2015 combined... ...you're looking at about a full season's worth of plate appearances... ...about 657. Two seasons combined... About 650 or so played appearances. He's got 27 home runs and 65 RBS with about a 260 batting average. Last season, he had 404 at bats. 2014, he had 253. And he's hit the ball out of the ballpark when he's given that opportunity. He's going to play for the Angels this year. Okay. Pujols' foot is bad. They don't have many other options at first base, so he's going to play. He's got to provide some power for this team. And you, you know, you, you look at the lineup, and he's going to be right in the middle of it, batting fifth, sixth, somewhere right in the middle. Okay. Giovitelli is going to play second base. I'm not in love there. You know, Escobar has been signed. He's going to play third base. They traded for Andrelton Simmons. He's going to play shortstop. There's nothing that exciting. I mean, Andrelton Simmons, I get it defensively. Okay, he's Kevin Kiermaier at shortstop. I get that. He's going to play. He's going to play every day. Again, you play every day. You have value in an AL only. But, you know, is Simmons a hitter? He's shown flashes of it. He has shown flashes of being a, a hitter. You know, 2013, he hit 17 home runs. Combined since then, he's hit 11. He doesn't run. His career high in stolen bases is 6 on the major league level. Now, he doesn't strike out much. Bats you about 250 on base percentage. Last year, finally got over 300. He's a defensive first player. That's why the Angels traded for him. I hope he grows as a hitter. But in a mixed league, you're playing to win this year. I don't know if you could wait for that hitting to grow. I'd rather Alcides Escobar. At least I know he's going to steal me some bases. Players like that. Outfield around Trout. Nava. Gentry. Cole Calhoun can hit. He's going to give you 20 homers. he will give you 20 homers. Crone He's a sneaky play. Calhoun's a sneaky play. And we know Trout and Pujols. Right? We know Trout and Pujols. You want to take Trout first overall? I can't argue that. He's a superstar. Question is, will the Angels win in the next couple of years with him? What are they going to put around him? That becomes the big question. What are they going to put around him? Houston Astros. A lot less question marks, although they have a big one at first base with Singleton. Okay? You've got guys like Singleton, A.J. Reed, Marlon Gonzalez. There's some power play there at first base. How it all shakes out is going to be interesting as the season goes on. Singleton's been given opportunity, opportunity. They're going to give him the first crack. He hasn't done anything on the major league level yet. Reed is there. Marlon Gonzalez, cheap power source there. Okay? Gonzalez plays all can kind of play all over the infield. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that first base shakes out. Will Singleton do enough to maintain that spot? You know, right now he's slated to bat near the bottom of the lineup. Hopefully he hits enough. They've moved Chris Carter away. We know Altuve, he's a star. Carlos Carrera at shortstop is a star. Luis Valbuena at third base, mixed league, I can't, I can't do it. Um, I know he possesses power. I'll talk about him more as an AL-only player. He's been around a boatload of teams. Last season he did hit, finally, 25 home runs, and this is coming off of a 16-home run campaign in 2014 with the Cubs. Not many RBIs, only 56 RBIs, but he batted 224. 310 on base percentage, a 235 bat bat-pip. I think he is what he is. He's going to bat the ball. He's going to smash the ball over the fence now and then. And other than that, he's not going to do much. AL only power, definitely plays. In the outfield, you got Kobe Rasmus, Carlos Gomez, and Springer. Springer should be ready to take off this year. Do we get the 2020 or dare I say the 3030 that was projected of him coming out of the minors? He was a little nicked up last year. I have no problem investing in Springer. I think he's going to be solid. Batting average is going to be low. He's going to strike out a lot, but Houston doesn't care about that. They want him to mash. Carlos, Gonzalez, Carlos Gomez in center field. They got him last year from Milwaukee. He was injured. He was not what they thought. He's got. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's playing for a contract. He should produce. I don't know if it's going to be the Carlos Gomez numbers we used to see, where he used to go as a borderline first round pick because he gave you twenty twenty. If he could do that for them, it'd be a terrific thing. Okay, you know, there's a guy in in his with Milwaukee just up to a couple of years ago, twenty fourteen. He had twenty three home runs, stole thirty four bases. In 2013, he stole 40 bases. You know, last season, only 115 games. He had a hip situation, 12 homers, 17 stolen bases, 255. That's coming off back-to-back 284 seasons. So it's interesting. You may be able to get Gomez a little cheaper than you have in years past because last season was disappointing. And does he rebound? And don't underestimate the desire to play for a contract at 30 years old. This is his last chance at probably a big payday that should motivate Carlos Gomez. Get him a little bit cheaper than normal coming off the down season. He's somebody I could see could rebound. Give you 18 homers and 30 stolen bases. And as long as he keeps that batting average over 250, 255, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Okay. Gaddis will probably do the majority of the DHing. He's had a back issue since his days in Atlanta, but we know the power plays. Now keep in mind there are other players here who could steal some at bats, guys like Preston Tucker, Jake Mereznik. So there are other guys here who could who could sneak some at bats. Keep an eye on them in, in the NFBC formats, the AL only formats, because at bats are going to be there potentially for them. Injuries, slumps, Singleton struggles, Gaddis's back flares up, Gomez's hip bothers him, things like that. Things like that, these guys can end up sneaking some at-bats. So be aware of them. Keep them on your radar. Just keep them, you know, keep them out there where you can uh, you, you, you just be mindful that they exist. Oakland A's. You know, I hear a lot of things about this team. Volt's going to catch. He had a nice season last year. First, there's a lot. This, Like Tampa, this team is all moving parts which makes it more difficult to invest in a mixed league, a little easier to invest in a L only, because you're going to get multiple guys getting plenty of at-bats. You know, they brought in Chris Coughlin from, from the Cubs. The guy could play everywhere. He can play everywhere. And he's going to. You know, on paper, you look at the Oakland outfield, and you say, well, it should be Chris Davison left, Billy Burns, the speedster in center, and Josh Reddick in right. And Oakland loves Josh Reddick. They love his defense. He hits enough. Chris Davis, they got from Milwaukee. He's a 25-home run guy. His powers won't really be affected by going to Oakland. But you got Coughlin. Coughlin could spell any one of them in the outfield. They he could spell Lowry at first base at second base. He can help out a little bit at first base, but at first base you also got Alonzo, Alonso, who they got from the Padres, Mark Conner, who 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 started the season for them last year. You got Simeon at short, but if he struggles, you can move Lowry to short. Valencio play third, but Lowry could play third. Coplin could play third. You know, so there's moving parts all over the place here in Oakland. Coco Crisp is still there. Billy Butler is there. Butler could DH. He's primarily just a DH. But you so you look at this team, you look at it, and, and I know Coco Crisp will be hurt by April 5th, okay? But you've got outfielders that can remove. You've got Coughlin, Coco Crisp, and and then plus the three starters I mentioned. Okay, Coughlin can help anywhere along the infield. And you look at this team and you go, well, wait. who's a mixed league player then, Anthony? Well, Burns, I'm willing to take a fly on Burns' speed. That's where his usefulness comes in. He can run. We know he can run. Okay, that's where his usefulness comes in. And he's run all through the minor leagues. He's had two 50 stolen base seasons while in the minors. Last season he comes up, finally breaks through, gives you a two hundred ninety four, a three thirty four OBP and twenty six stolen bases. I like Chris Davis's power. He's twenty home run guy there. Redick is steady. Redick is steady. These are these are outfielders who can fill in and help out. But I like this team actually for mixed league purposes. A guy like and I want him in a mixed league. I mean I'm sorry, I want him in an AL only. I want him in that format because of his ability to play multiple positions. And he's going to play. He's going to play four or five days a week. It might be a different position every time, but he's going to play. So so that's somebody I like, somebody I will keep an eye on there. Seattle Mariners. My God, are they regretting the Robinson Cano signing? I I, I don't care what they say. I don't see how they couldn't be. Nelson Cruz has been terrific for them. They've added Adam Lind. And I do think Adam Lind perennially goes underrated, but the problem with Adam Lind is he can't hit a lefty. But I've done some research. I, I I believe the number of starting pitchers in the American League this season is in the 20s. So people say, well, he can't hit a lefty. Well, there's only about 20, 25 of them who start. So it's not that big a concern of mine. It's not that big a concern of mine. He's going to play first base. Cano's going to play second. The kid, Kettle Marte, is going to play short, and Seager's going to play third. That lineup is kind of set in stone. Jesus Montero's floating around. Does he finally break through, maybe do some dh and and spell Lind against the tough lefty? Chris Iannetta's been brought in to catch. Enough with the Mike Zunio and the 185 batting average. Aoki's been brought in. He's going to play in the outfield along with Leone's Martin, who they brought in from Texas, Seth Smith, Franklin Gutierrez. So this is a situation Nelson Cruz should see primarily the DH at-bats this year now with the addition of these other outfielders. Leone's Marte, a terrific source of steals, plays center field. Aoki, I think, is a little bit of underrated, gives you decent speed, gives you an okay batting average. Again, a nice little AL only outfielder for speed. don't invest heavily in Cano as your number one. You know, his days as a first-round pick along Don. There's a couple of second basemen I'd own before him. I would take a flyer on a rough net Odor before I take Cano. Signed with Seattle, may have cost himself the Hall of Fame. Kettle Marte, terrific stolen base option. Okay, nice stolen base option. Possibly bat leadoff in this lineup. Aoki at the bottom, where they could flip flop that. But Seeger, Nelson Cruz, Cano, Lind, Leonie Small, they got some hitters here. They got some hitters here. This team has underachieved the last couple of years. This team has underachieved. They've added some pieces. All left handed bats, the big pieces they've added. But they have added some pieces here. And finally, the Texas Rangers. Robinson Chirnos behind the plate. Again, to catch a league, he's worth a, a lesser investment. you got Mitch Morland, that first base, who came along very nicely last year. He hit for them. Okay. Missed most of 2014. Came back last year. Probably went undrafted. I know he went undrafted in a couple of leagues, and he was somebody I was able to add. Okay, 30 years old. I mean, the upside's not there anymore. He is what he is. But you know what he is? He's 15 to 20 home runs. He's a 250 hitter. Okay. AL only. He'll do you just fine. Mixed league. I don't have the love for him. Like I said, when I say mixed league, it's a standard 12 team. NFBC, different story. Prince Field is going to be dh and He was sent home from camp. The poor guy can't sleep. Got a sleep apnea test. They found out, I think the number was, he stops breathing 39 times an hour while sleeping. That's miserable. Oh, my God. He's got to get one of those, like, Darth Vader masks so he could get some sleep. 39 times an hour. He stops breathing. You know what the doctors say for that? Lose some weight. So, he'll be age. He had a nice rebound year coming off the surgery. He hit over 320 home runs. I'd expect the same from him as long as he gets a good night's rest. Okay. Love Rough Ruffnett Odor at second base. <clears throat> struggled last year at the start. Dealing with an oblique right now. But struggled at the start. Sent down to the minors. Came back with lights out. Lights out. I will invest in him happily as my second baseman. I think you're looking at 20 home run potential. 275, 280 hitter. <clears throat> Very high on him. Okay. Shortstop, Elvis Andrews, wait on a shortstop. And he's one of the few shortstops around right now who's going to give you 25 stolen bases. That's what he did last year. Adrian Beltre at third base, getting a little long in the tooth but still productive. Ian Desmond at left field. Josh Hamilton, uh, great story, but I, I just think that's the end of the road for him. Those knees are bad. Those knees are bad. I love Desmond playing left field and drafting him this year as my shortstop. I think the numbers, the numbers, I don't know if the numbers are left starting outfielder worthy for a fantasy team, but they are shortstop worthy. 20 home run potential, 80 RBI potential. I'm okay with Desmond. Shinsu Chu is an on base percentage machine. So don't, you know, struggled at times last year, but don't undersell him, especially in an OBP league. He's going to be super useful. And Delano DeShields, they brought him in uh, last season, and he ended up being terrific for them. Uh, he'll play center field. He's the reason they were tra- they traded Leone's Marte. Okay? But he came along last year and provided a tremendous spark for Texas. Okay? he And he, and he should bat near the top of the order this year. And he should do just fine for them. Last season, 25 steals, a three forty four on base percentage. It's an ideal leadoff hitter, Delano DeShield. And that's the role he should play in Texas. Drew Stubbs, Justin Ruggiano are there as backup outfielders. Fielder, like I said, is DHing. Listen, do what you want with Joey Gallo. What I want is I want to avoid him. Well, his strikeout rate is almost 40%. I, I know the power is there, but he's blocked at a few positions. Now... If they love them so much, maybe they don't bring in Ian Desmond. Okay, they're tossing the air What do they do with Beltre? Do they re-sign him? I think Texas has concerns with Gallup. They know, the power is proven. He doesn't need to prove any more power in the minor leagues. But when you're striking out 40% of the time, I would most certainly be concerned as well. All right, folks, we are out of time. We went a full hour and a half today, and I want to thank anybody who stayed with us through the whole show. We had some people in the chat room, and uh, I do appreciate that as well. Don't forget, I'll be back next weekend, either Saturday or Sunday morning. I always got to look at the calendar, but uh, usually 9 o'clock Eastern time. I will be back next weekend, and we'll take a look at some of the National League lineups. don't forget, you can follow on Twitter at A. Aniano Fantasy. Follow on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. And don't forget, you can listen to my other show, Roto Baller Fantasy Sports Radio with the guys from rotoballer.com. That airs every Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern time here on Blog Talk Radio and is also <laughs> available on iTunes like this show is. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next weekend as we talk National League lineups here on the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Have a great night, folks.